Hello and welcome back to our series Hope for Troubled Hearts. If you've joined us before, and a special welcome if you're joining us for the first time. I'm Mike, one of the elders at Faversham Community Church, and do get back to me via the contact page on our website if you've got any questions you want to ask from anything I say today. In this series, we're looking at John's Gospel, chapters 14 to 17, and looking at what they say to us in our current situation. During September, we'll be finishing by looking at chapter 17. You can find the earlier sermons on our YouTube channel or website. In chapters 14 to 16, Jesus was talking to his disciples. Now, in chapter 17, he prays to his Father. I'm going to start by reading from chapter 17 and verses 1 to 5. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. There are three points I want to make today. They might not seem particularly connected, but there are underneath various bits, which if you think about, you might see. The first one is that Jesus prayed for himself. We are followers of Jesus and therefore we should pray for ourselves. Not only for ourselves, as we'll find later in the chapter, but we should not be more spiritual than Jesus. He needed to pray for himself and so do we as his followers. I could say more on this, but that's not the main point I wish to make today. Secondly, the important point is that Jesus' physical body matters. In verse 3, he says that eternal life is knowing God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The fact that Jesus was sent in the flesh which is what the word incarnate means, is of prime importance. Those who think of Jesus as a great teacher, but not as God, are ignoring the main thrust of his teaching. We do not hold Jesus in high regard because he's written about in Scripture. We hold Scripture in high regard because we know and follow Jesus and he held scripture in high regard. This is why trying to preach like this is inadequate. We are made for human to human contact, not for just discussing abstract theology. We're made to meet one another in the flesh. So, if you are listening to this and you are not part of a church, 
can I encourage you the moment you get the opportunity locally and we are meeting again in the flesh, come and visit us. If you live somewhere away from Faversham, find a good local church where the our Lord Jesus is loved and worshipped and join them because you cannot be a true follower of Jesus in the abstract. It's not a case of following Jesus because you think that is what is right. It's not a case of following his teaching because his teaching is moral and if you somehow become a bit more moral you are becoming more like him. It's only by knowing Jesus yourself that you can have eternal life. It's only by knowing Jesus that following his moral teaching makes any sense. We have many benefits in our society because of the effects of people putting Christian moral teaching into place over centuries. And it was never adequately applied anyway at any one point. But let us not forget the many benefits we get from what was done. If we're just going to look at following, becoming a Christian as a set of things to do, rules to follow, we're missing the whole point. The whole point about becoming a Christian is becoming part of the family which Jesus has enabled to come into relationship with him and his heavenly father. Now I recognise there are some situations where people cannot meet together uh, in actual physical contact. And at the moment we have restrictions because of the effects of COVID. But let's never think that somehow meeting online is a adequate replacement for meeting together. Jesus was came to this earth in the flesh, human. Therefore he also has enabled us to meet together in the flesh human, to really grow in what he wants for us. It can be difficult meeting in the flesh because we run into different issues with one another. We don't always get on with one another. But that's one of the glorious things about being a Christian, is that it doesn't matter whether the people we meet are people who we would normally associate with. doesn't even matter in that sense whether the people we meet are ones we would get on with. It doesn't actually matter whether the style of the music is what we'd appreciate. What matters is coming together to worship our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh who is human, who had relationships with people, who had relationships with people who 
any one group of those he saw would think, well, why is he meeting up with them? We often think of Jesus meeting up with those who were uh, hard done by in society. He had followers who were women. He had followers who were disreputable women. He had followers who were men who would quite happily stick a knife in a Roman. He had followers who collected taxes for Romans. But he also went and ate with Pharisees. He ate with the religious leaders of the day as well. You can't put Jesus in a box and say he's only for this sort of person. Because we can see when he lived on the earth that he mixed with all sorts of people. And therefore that's what we need to do. And it's not always easy. But that's not the point. We gain so much more when we meet together as Jesus' family together on the earth with people whose viewpoints are different from ours, who don't think like we do. So can I encourage you, as soon as we get the opportunity, let's meet together. Let's get through any difficulties we might have, any issues we might have, even if it's not as we would like it to be when we can first meet. Meeting together is important because Jesus coming in the flesh was important. And therefore us meeting in the flesh is important. My third point is that Jesus continued to resist temptation. That might not be immediately obvious from the passage, but let me take you back to Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted after he had been fasting uh, in the wilderness. This is Luke chapter 4 from verse 5. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. It's easy to think that after the temptations, the tempter went away, and that's all Jesus had to deal with. But if we move on to verse 13, it says this, And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. I think the opportune time is now when Jesus is facing up to the fact that the crucifixion is coming the next day. That is the time when he knows what's going to happen. That the tempter would come back and say, look, we've got another alternative. Worship me instead. But Jesus in this passage in John, is continuing to worship the Father only. He's continuing to serve the Father only. 
So while these verses in John chapter 17 might seem almost a statement of the obvious of Christian theology about Jesus and his Father, in fact, what is happening here is strong spiritual warfare. If he had not gone ahead the next day with the crucifixion, we would not be here now. And I don't mean that just in the sense that if there was history had been different, uh, different people would have met and therefore we'd never had all the links through to now to lead to us. It's much more fundamental than that. If Jesus had not followed through, continuing to resist temptation for an easy way out, we were, it's not just that history would have been different, because I think we tend to make the assumption that if Jesus hadn't come, life would just have gone on a bit as it would have done, uh, but just slightly different, a bit nastier, and, you know, but there'd still be life on earth. But if Jesus had not gone through with this, there'd be no history, there'd be no earth, there'd be no universe. Jesus came being born on this earth, sent by the Father, as we're told in this passage, because it was something which had been planned from before the world existed. Verse 5 says, And now, Father, glorify me, find me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. If the world hadn't existed, there would have been no need for Jesus to come down to this earth. If God had wanted it, the world could have been created, so there would have been no sin and there would have been no need for Jesus to come. Jesus coming into this world to enable us to have that relationship with the Father is something which was planned from the beginning. Therefore, if Jesus did not follow through with that, the whole purpose of this earth's existence would have gone. If Jesus had not followed through, it wouldn't be just that we haven't got the opportunity of receiving eternal life coming into his family, this whole universe would no longer continue to exist. Because as the psalmist said and reminded us, the whole universe is sustained by his mighty hand. So what is happening in these verses and what is going to go happen in the next few days in the history of the earth, as recorded in the Bible, is fundamental to our whole existence now. So, Jesus prayed for himself. Jesus came in the flesh incarnate. Jesus continued resisting temptation. We've always had that opt out that if we're tempted that we can give way to it 
But if Jesus had done that, the whole universe would have disintegrated. But because Jesus did go through to the cross, dying, taking our punishment, because he rose again to life, defeating death, we can have new life. We can know our Heavenly Father. We can therefore have this relationship one with another in the church. And the relationship which we know at the moment with some people locally, we know with other people in our country, but it's one we also have links with people across the world. Even be into countries where we don't know people, there are Christians. What we've got here is fundamental to what is going to happen in the rest of the world, fundamental to our lives. That Jesus in the flesh died and rose again. So let's give thanks. Let's pray for our needs. But also that God's kingdom will continue to grow on the earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that you would supply all our needs as you told us. Give us today our daily bread. So Lord, we pray that we might know today our food and the resources we need to live. Lord, we pray for those in our church who are unwell, who have ongoing medical conditions. Lord, we pray for healing for them. We pray, Lord, that they might know renewal of the body. Lord, we thank you that we know that because you came in the body, that our bodies matter. We thank you, Lord, that because you healed people, we know that the problems we have with our bodies are not ones which you intend to remain forever. We thank you, Lord, that a day is coming when all illness, all sickness will be gone. But Lord, we pray that before that day, many, many more people will come to know you as Lord and Saviour, both here in Faversham, across the world. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us as a church as we seek to reach our town. Bless us, Lord, as we seek to reach out further afield. And bless, Lord, those we know serving you in many other countries, in Europe, in Africa, in the Americas, in Asia. That, Lord, that you would continue to bless them, and that they too will see people coming to know you as Lord and Saviour. Amen. God bless you all.